you know, you can't like now start being a therapist sort of model when the whole time you've been this like interrogator cop, you know? I don't, <laughs> I don't even understand what you're saying. I don't like just, it. <laughs> and I don't know why you said it. And I don't know what response you're trying to elicit <laughs> with that. I just meant that you're normally convincing me to tell you about all the crimes I've committed or you're, yes, you know, you're just somehow perfectly finding the most shameful part of the story. And now you're like, oh, open up. Let's talk through this. Oh, no. Well, you know, you just, you, you're not sure. You don't have an episode. You don't have an, an automatic, um, you know, you don't have an object in mind. So. Well, I'm looking around my apartment currently and it's, yeah. you know. In the room I'm in, it's my bedroom, so there's a lot of clothes in here, and like, sure. I don't know how many items, of put, like how many items there are in this room, hundreds, and thousands. It, let's say there's 200 items, like 193 yeah. of them are thrifted. Okay, that's great. I that's guess, 193 episodes we can do right there. Which either tells you how many pairs of underwear I have, or how many thrifted pairs of underwear I have. Oh, a uh, question for you, Nicole. <laughs> um... How many pairs of underwear can you see currently from your vantage point? Zero. Bed? Okay, good. Just, I was briefly concerned that we were talking about the objects you could see. Though when I was staying at my parents' house last year, I did have this model where I had a, I had very few clothing items there. So I had like a nightstand that had one drawer that had all of my stuff in it, but then not everything could fit. So I had underwear like cutely stored in a basket. <laughs> so they would have been visible. Just like rolled up, like in a display or something. Yeah, I'm. Let's talk about your use of the word "model" there, Nicole. <laughs> Where did you I use say "model"? Use that word a lot. Where did I say "model"? How did I use it? Uh, <laughs> I let's rewind remember. the tape. Uh, you <laughs> referred to the your clo your clothing storage, your sort of um, improvised and non-standard and inadequate clothes storage situation as a model. Use this model where you have a drawer. <laughs> I, I can't prove or disprove that I said that, but that seems believable. I mean, we, we literally recorded it. <laughs> there's a tape we can consult. Uh, you have not, no proof of this. There's some proof of this. Um, oh, wait. Yeah, do I have permission to record this, Nicole? I think this is... um. I'm not sure what the laws are between your state and mine. It's pretty late, yeah. Yeah. Can I? Do mm -hmm. you mind if I do? Yeah. So I don't know okay, about my you. use of the word model there. Yeah. Is it like a grad school thing? Yeah, maybe. I don't even. Um, I was interviewing an architect for an article a few months ago, and he said, well, yeah, we're coming up with new typologies of buildings. And I was like, is that like a like a blueprint, like what's, and I, I, and I guess that's an architectural term. They say typology. Had you heard that before? Typologies of buildings. No, that's dumb. Um, does that just mean type? Yeah. It just means it, like, it's like libraries. It's a typology or like a, or like a school would have a general, like or a movie theater would have a general like blueprint they follow. Right. So general type. Mm -hmm. They're just adding ology onto the end of the word to make it sound smarter. Yeah. Oh, so like, like if I maybe, can I do that? Like, oh, what's for dinnerology? Social work does this with effective, efficacious, efficacy, efficaciousness, effectiveness. 
Hmm. It's terrible. And they all mean different things, slightly? No, they really pretty much mean the same thing. Because that's, that, like, I'm, I'm a fairly pedantic person, but a thing that really irritates me is um, people who choose a word just because it sounds like a smarter version of the same word, of a different word, but doesn't actually mean anything different. Because if you oh, got that's terrible, yeah. Because if you got two words, and they have identical denotations, and mm-hmm. the only difference in connotation is that one is what you say when you're smarter, that's bad, and you should stop doing it. Do you have anything that you take pleasure in doing that with secretly? No, nothing. I do have many that I that irritate me thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see, what is my Oh, um, uh, when people say comprised of instead of composed of, and mm-hmm. they think that comprised is just like the smarter way of saying composed, I want to tear out my hair. I had a professor that really hated when people said referenced because it should be referred to, and reference was only a noun for a long time. So he was very bothered by that. So I sort of carried that through in life in his honor because he's dead. Oh, interesting. One, um, that I get that one. That's sort of, I feel like that bridge was crossed like before I started thinking about this. So it sort of doesn't even, um, does that one doesn't even bother me. Uh, a big one for me is like kind of corporate speak, um, when people are not sure whether to say I or me, so they say myself as a third one, mm-hmm. which is not, you know. Or they right. pair it with like me, myself, I, myself. Oh, I don't, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, oh, that's, if you want me to carry forward one of your annoyances after Please, you're gone, yeah, I do want that's something do I, that. you know, they say people are never truly dead as long as they're still remembered. And I think the best yeah. tribute to you would be that I can just judgmentally <laughs> um, carry that out into the world. So what should be my thing that I take for you? Sorry, um, am I dead? I just, in the future, I'm just going to start practicing or thinking oh. about it, preparing that space, you know, the closet of my mind. Okay. Um, oh, I guess you can just be annoyed when, uh, whenever anyone, uh, talks about like something they got at a thrift store and they're like, this is a $200 tea kettle that they paid a dollar for. Oh, I'm sorry. $200 teapot. And also I think this would be a good time just to do yet another correction like we're doing a lot of these, uh, which is that the Electrolux Silverado uh, was assessed at the value of at least $2,000, according to David's memory. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Were you there with the vacuum cleaner guy, a professional vacuum cleaner repairman? Uh, What's a word for like the vacuum cleaner repairman equivalent of a quack? There's probably a German word for it, or like you know how like um, there's like blacksmith and like all these different words that mean like whatever the person's craft was. I'm not sure what like oh, yeah. the vacuum what is, cleaner one. What would does be. the word blacksmith mean, Nicole? What does that refer to? 
okay, I guess I was thinking more like I grew up with someone with the last name like Schumacher, which I think means shoemaker. <laughs> so you, I think like you vacuum cleaner repairman. There's got to be a version of that. You you literally can't think of a of like any of these jobs like Cooper, Miller. Oh, Miller is a big one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a lot of errs. Um, so like, maybe did you know that the last name blacksmith a name that no one has <laughs> <laughs> there's not did a you... person yeah steve blacksmith yeah Heidi it's blacksmith. interesting i grew up with the blacksmiths i know i don't i don't believe you the blacksmiths. But anyway what's the vacuum cleaner equivalent of that oh um i think it's just vacuum cleaner right the vacuumer no, just Val Kilmer. Cleaner. Like, did you just say Val Kilmer? <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's tr- that could be true. Val Kilmer could be a sort of, um, yeah, it could just be sort of a like Northern European way of saying vacuum cleaner. That's, mm-hmm. that's very possible. <laughs> Usually, we're talking about just last names. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's weird to have a sort. Yeah, hmm, interesting. It would be like if your name were Black Smith. Yeah. yeah. Seems possible. Wow. I'm sorry, the dog is being loud and annoying. I, so I have a question for you, Nicole. You made a point of shutting the door earlier. Uh-huh. So you, I shut the dog in. Yeah. You shut, <laughs> you shut the dog in. Because Alfield was sit by the door and like paw at it. Mm-hmm. And also and David was talking on the phone, so I didn't want and to. Also, and also, this is this is better with the dog sort of like yawning. Right here. Yeah. I shaking think. And, and whining near the and, microphone. And and yeah, and your your dog is wearing some kind of some kind of tags, clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well here he is all the time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Um well, this has been a lot of fun. See you next time on Serious offers only oh wait i'm i did i forget to oh i left out part of the episode nicole i thought that was i thought that was like a good part for us to wrap up you know it just seemed like we're kind of getting there you know like what's the centerpiece of all of it yeah but we kind of forgot to have like an episode in this episode that's okay you know sometimes that's how it goes but um it's sort of like a buffet you know, it's not like a meal where we're like working our way up to something. It's more just like a full plate the whole time is how I think of it. Hmm. I don't care for this analogy only because I don't <laughs> understand it even a little bit. Um, maybe it's because I'm, as a as a non as a non Midwesterner, maybe buffets just weren't as central to my life. You've been to many buffets, Nicole? You obviously know the answers, yes, to this. But haven't you been to some like buffets in the South? Isn't that kind of a thing there? I'm sure it is, but it's uh, it's not a thing that I've been to, you know. It's a French word. Wow, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a really the show Nicole, is that's feeling really multicultural. This is that's <laughs> a really good point that um and yeah. Wow, French word. Um, oh, like that's interesting. That's kind of li- links back to what we were talking about earlier with last names. So you know, Jimmy Buffet. Um, 
named for a family that ran sort of a self-serve restaurant. Ironically, I did go to the Jimmy Buffet restaurant, uh, which might just be called like, what the hell is it called? Like, I believe Jimmy it's B- called Jimmy Buffett's Buffet. <laughs> the Buffet? You, I don't know. You start saying Buffett and you just go, it's, it's Buffett Buffet. Yeah. This is, this is the gym, I mean, those of us who are big fans of it tend to call it the Buffett Buffet or just the Buffet. And people know we're talking about the Jimmy Buffett Buffett mm-hmm. Buffet. Uh, well, you can but, hear the capital B, obviously. Yeah. The capital B is implied. Well, I've been to that Jimmy Buffett restaurant in New Orleans because my grandma insisted on going, which she'll oh, never so nice. hear this. Well, yeah. it's called, um, well, it's Jimmy Buffett's Cheeseburger in Paradise. It's named after his famous song. I was just told it was Jimmy Buffett's Buffet. Well, that's what everyone calls it, as I said. <laughs> but it's called Jimmy Buffett's Cheeseburger in Paradise. Well, not a buffet. It was a huge miss. It just had a regular menu. And I remember because the menu was so terrible. And, you know, you have, like, the obvious Cheeseburger in Paradise one. But then every other right. thing they're trying to, like, somehow tie to a Jimmy Buffett biography or song right it was terrible there do not recommend Mm, i do recommend it and also a thing that i like doing and this is a thing i'm trying to work more and more into our program is one of the what are the one of the worst feelings in the world uh is when you're listening to a podcast and they say something like totally wrong but they present it as though it's it's correct Mm-hmm. And then they never go back and fix it or like realize their mistake and just move on from it. And I want to do that because I want, I just want to punish people with that sort of, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think it really gets people like challenged in a positive way. Right. Yeah. It's very powerful. Um, so that's cool that we looped around to have that Jimmy Buffet conversation. But what item are we going to discuss from your repertoire of purchases? <laughs> I think I guess I could do this. Two things that I love, Nicole. I love the long pregnant pause. That is great radio. And I love you holding up a pillow and not saying anything. And uh, maybe I should do like a screen grab of this. I think I will. Let me just take a picture from my iPad here. Yeah, this, your screen is so dark. Like I can see like a light above you and that's mm-hmm. kind of all I can make out, particularly now that you're so close and you've got this orange pillow that just looks like an orange pillow. I don't. Uh, it's red. That shows how weirdly colored things are, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So this one has a moral. That's why I'm choosing it. Oh, that's great. It's been a while since um, we any of our stories had a moral. I think it's been forever, um, actually. But uh, I think the yeah. people that are really listening hear a moral in every episode. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll never know. But because no one is really listening. Self-deprecating joke about the popularity of our program. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Tell me about that. Red well, pillow. one of our few listeners, my mom, mm. uh, 
has it has actually uh, had some behavior changes since being made fun of on the podcast. Really? Tell me about that. I talked to her while garage sailing last week. She was with my sister, and she said, uh, "Yeah, I might get this to my sister." And then my sister said, "Aren't you going to try to talk him down?" She said, "No, I'm not doing that anymore. Not after." <laughs> And I said, because I totally accurately described an actual situation that happened in real life on our podcast. That's great. Um, I have another, I have a follow up question. Um, how does she feel when she hears your impression of her? Great. Flattered. She hasn't made any comments on it actually. Okay. Well, hmm. Uh, you're you're really working on drawing that out of her. So great. I'm sure she has an opinion because no one in my family doesn't have an opinion on anything. But Noted. Yeah, she, the example I gave last time was about her haggling about a $1 bag of stuffed animals. Yes. Which has happened. And I guess she's not doing that anymore. So either she's not getting the stuffed animals <laughs> or she's not uh, trying to talk them down. I love that, just going for just, you know, a dollar, mm, too much. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to tell you why I chose these pillowcases. Yeah, and thank you. It's not a oh, very long... Oh, so it's the pillowcases? It's not the pillow, it's the pillowcases. No, it's not a very right. long route to the moral either. Okay, so I was at the AIDS Alliance thrift store in Seattle, which I've told you is one of my favorites. And mm-hmm. while I was there, I you know, I just have like a kind of circuit I do at every thrift store I go to. I don't know sure. if you have this. Right. And it kind of depends on the actual layout of the thrift store, but it also depends on like my interest, attention span, mood, the amount of time I have. Sure. Can I but I have can I share I my look at. can I share my circuit real fast? Because I just yeah, I want to hear it. Yeah. Um I go down to the uh uh the drinkware go see if there are any glasses I need. Mm-hmm. I go into the utensils look for knives, and then I go over to wherever they keep the um, uh, the phone chargers, and I grab a couple of those because uh, they're really cheap and always good to have extras of, and then uh, I go. You don't even look at anything else? Not usually, and if I do pretty half-acidly, I'm going to say, I don't know, I don't really need, I don't need anything, but I don't really like, like, I'll glance at the books sometimes, but there's it's just too much work over there. It's a real nightmare. The records are even worse. That's a real, that spot is a real disaster. I have kind of a mental bingo sheet of every thrift store I go to of like all the categories, and I wanna I wanna black out the card. So like, wow. At the Capitol Hill Goodwill, like, I think I got almost every category by the end there. Even like. I, like, I even have subcategories. I was like, okay, I go to the books every time. Have I found a really good cookbook? And I finally did near my the end of going there. Because there's only like 20 cookbooks that are good. Um, <laughs> and I have like 17 of them. And wow. some of them I want to rebuy as gifts because they're so good. And I found one of those there. Um, but I think it actually is totally working worth looking at the books at Capitol Hill Goodwill. I've gotten a lot of good books there over the years. Okay. But I have a similar circuit at that specific Goodwill where I would go down, check out the, the dishes, 
I never got into the cores because I told you it's always taken up by like a really intense looking older guy, <laughs> which is your future. Yeah, <laughs> so older, us, like, us older guys love cords, you know, like there is you never want to be as a man. You never want to be in a scenario where you have two devices that you cannot connect to each other some way. That's a man thing. I think so. Yeah, I don't know. Do you? I mean, well, let's just let's just use us as a as a sample size here. Um, how important is it to you uh, to be able to connect two devices to each other? <laughs> yeah, no, you don't even have an answer for it. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> I just feel like there's a metaphor here, and I'm not getting it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm all about making connections, Nicole. I'm all about sort of mm. bridging those divides. And you want to keep people isolated. That's interesting. That's really, mm. really interesting. But anyway, um, go ahead. I don't know. So I, I checked pretty much every category at that Goodwill at some point. Sure. And I know that it's harder to find good men's clothes, but the women's clothes at that Goodwill are pretty good. Is it? Yes. Is this a known fact? Yes. It's, okay. I got my winter coat there. It's a marmot winter jacket. It's a $350 coat for $50. Used a 20% off coupon, $40. So, An amazing but, deal regardless. Okay. But that's not, <laughs> that doesn't really prove your, your core thesis. But I've gotten a lot of other clothes there. Um, Is it but, maybe just that you are more adept at looking for women's clothes? Because you just have more opinions about about them and know what you're looking for and what you like? I just think that Capitol Hill Goodwill has a really good selection, pretty high quality clothes. And then, well, it depends okay. on the wealth of the area, what clothes they get, honestly. And people oh, have so money, so they give nice clothes. Right. But your, your, your thesis was that there's that, that the men's section was worse. The men's section is always worse. Okay anywhere but i still think it's probably worth you looking at it if you wanted to mm. and um, you don't think the, this is just because you don't uh, i don't know okay the other I'll... great thing about that goodwill and other goodwills in seattle mm. is that on the tag they have the date that it was put out and that's when you know you're getting the good stuff is it's like the jacket i got had been put out it was like still hot from <laughs> you know the goodwill employees fingers like it had been out under 10 minutes so it always feels really good when you pick up an item and you're like, holy shit, this like just got out yesterday and thank God I got it. Or like this was just put out today. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, kind of, we don't have to go to the buffet metaphor. Maybe this is the sort of like <laughs> the Wright Brothers early career where the plane's never getting off the ground. <laughs> it's like running in a field. With a lot well, of anticipation. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just don't know what to do with that like timestamp thing, you know? Or I'm just giving you some hot tips. I, well, but it's not. That's not really a useful tip. It's just, it's just like a cool thing to know about your purchase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, like if you're hiking. And you're like kind of like getting tired and then someone's sort of behind you and you get what's called mission creep where you're like, oh shit, I really got to speed up. 
I don't want that person to pass me. It's sort of the same kind of idea that I take forward with me into my thrifting. You know, like... <laughs> that's, that's called mission creep? Yeah, you've never heard that term? Yeah, not in... <laughs> I've certainly never heard it in relation to hiking. What other, what other term? Or how else have you heard it? It's the only way I've heard it for some reason. <laughs> um... <laughs> Mission creep is when you um, start something with an unclear objective and you sort of add on objectives as you go such that you make your, you, if you have, if you lack a core task, you get bogged down in a sort of uh, uh, undefinable uh, sort of list of kind of side tasks such that you can never be done this is totally my life but i didn't know there was a term for that <laughs> well it's most commonly uh, applied in the when we're talking about uh, the military so give me an example oh um every time um the u.s armed forces have done anything uh post world war ii and often before world war ii <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh yeah but like so how would they have used the term mission creep in that sense like in that sense well what um what how would you define sort of let's pick a popular one because obviously uh, i'm totally misdefining mission creep because yeah, i thought are. it was just about like reaching peaks you th sort of think of mission creep as like i'm on a mission to keep this other hiker from <laughs> creeping up on me that's exactly how i think of it is that not right I don't, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. It doesn't make sense I thought that to me. made good radio. I don't... <laughs> so you're saying in the military. This is not entertaining, um, but you take something like uh, the U.S. in Afghanistan. I don't know that many of us could sort of define um, what the end, end goal was there. So it's sort of like... You you move all your uh, your uh, your your troops and your planes and your tanks in, and then it's like, well, well, now what? How do we what? How do we know when we're done? And that's mission creep. Like the mission creeps away from you. Where's the creep? Um, no, it's sort of it's the creep is not the mission creeping away from you. It's sort of the process by which you your you uh, you deviate from your core task and sort of get bogged down in sort of side tasks. So in my example, I'm got to cut out all this. This is, this is, this is well, death, Nicole. This is, this is, well, you brought in the military in my well, definition. That's, it's a, I think it's a military <laughs> term. In my definition of mission creep, uh -huh. trying to apply it to the military, it yeah. would be like, we go to Afghanistan and then, um, we're really unfocused of what we're doing, but then it's, we like have a sort of vague plan, but we're not really like making any headway on it. But then someone else comes into Afghanistan and it seems like they want to do the thing better than us. And we're like, oh shit, we better actually get on this democracy thing before they creep up on us. Can and we, then uh, we, I get any tickets to mix more metaphors than yeah. we like hit a home run. We sink the basket, <laughs> whatever we get to the peak. Okay. Um, 
we're gonna need to drop all this and talk about how you said vag oh, instead yeah, of vag. <laughs> it's a it's a thing I have. I also say black plague. <laughs> Wait, I have so to this is plague, vag. It's a Wisconsin thing. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's... Yeah, I totally didn't understand the use of the word mission creep. It's exactly what you said. Yeah. <laughs> Even down to the often in a military campaign. They don't talk about hiking at all. <laughs> <laughs> well... You had sort of a vague understanding of it, so now you uh, have a now you just now you just less vague on the topic. And that's, my that's sister good. says it too, and uh, Katie, who worked at Theo, who is also from Wisconsin, said it. Oh, are we talking about um, um, mission creep, or are we talking about vague now? Vague, that. Okay. So you're supposed to say vague. Yes, that's true. Okay, so I think the reason I say this is because Wisconsinites are known for having these like, just Midwesterners in general, known for having like that e a kind of thing like bags my bags so i was always like really careful to not say bag like bag like that so i think i overcorrected and instead of saying bag i say bag so Pla- hmm. black plague which people How didn't f- even when i said black plague people literally did not understand what i was saying well it's cuz it doesn't come up very often luckily not especially since like I mean, don't people usually say, say bubonic at this point? But I Is would still have to mean? say plague. Well, but like... <laughs> bubonic doesn't take out the plague, probably. No, but like it gives it a little bit more context. I would understand what bubonic plague meant. I'd be like, that's weird. Bubonic plague, plague. Flag, flag. Flag football. I think I say flag, right? Flag football. The American flag? How am I saying that? You're like else. adding another syllable into it. I also You're, say it, potato with a B. <laughs> and I only realized that in the last year. What? You do? You say potato? Potato. Yeah, I'm going to make mashed potatoes. I've never said it with a P. <laughs> What on earth? Potato. Potato. Boobonic this... plague. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, I wish God. people could see Alden is sort of blinking in a really concerned way. <laughs> like really uh, fast, <laughs> but in disbelief. Potato. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that just... <laughs> I can't. Oh, I don't know if I can continue. Um, tell me about the. Tell me about the. Uh, the let, let's go back to the uh, pillowcases. You know, I I need a break. You got to talk for a while. I'm just gonna sit here and laugh about pot- potato in the background. <laughs> okay, so I'm choosing these pillowcases, and I was just doing like my regular circuit at the AIDS Alliance thrift store, and. I was downstairs looking through the linens and I don't even know. That's kind of like a, I just check it out. I don't even know why. Um, 
And that's because one, you know, Ellen and I found that cat with the sock, the sneakers pillowcase that one time, just looking through the pillowcases. You never know. Sometimes I find a good towel. I found a Phantom of the Opera beach towel last year <laughs> for $3. <laughs> I love wow. an ironic beach towel. And I actually kind of like the Phantom of the Opera. And it goes for $30 online. Oh, my God. <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> um... And I showed it to one of my friends who's really into musicals, and she was so jealous about the fan of the opera beach towel. So I've kind of been looking for other musical beach towels, but this is the only one I've found so far. <laughs> Alden, you can't just, like, look away and ignore me, hoping, <laughs> hoping this will just end. No, Stop. this is a lot of my approach to human interactions over the past year has been I sort of... I treat other human beings as though there may be like a bear at your campsite where you're like, okay, if I stay very quiet, this is me at work. If I stay very quiet and don't move, maybe this person, this customer at this retail establishment, if I don't acknowledge them, maybe they'll just sort of sniff around and then leave. How many times does that work? Like what percentage oh, uh, of time? It works pretty well a lot of the time, actually. Yeah. It's sort of, because you can, uh, it's sort of when somebody isn't really interested in doing anything, they're just sort of wasting time. And then you just know that they don't actually want to do anything except sort of be out of the house. And if you pick up on that and then you sort of avoid them, they'll say, well, guess there's nothing for me here to waste f time further. I guess I'll just move on to whatever n my other next activity is. And then they go. They probably didn't sometimes. want the thing that badly to begin with. Or didn't no, they didn't want anything. They just wanted to sort of... Yeah, be be away from home for a little while. And to bother you. Mm. I mean, that's sort of a, a negative externality, but I don't think that was their intention to bother me. But uh, it does help slow down the process a little while if they've got somebody to talk to. All right, so I was looking through the, the linens, and then I found these pillowcases, which I didn't even know existed and I wasn't looking for. And the amazing thing about them... And the reason I'm sharing them is that they purposely, yeah, they perfectly match my bedspread. And I got them separately. And I got the bedspread, like, specially ordered on Etsy or something. And it was, like, $200. It was, like, a gift that I, I got it, like, as a gift. Um, and I picked out the color red. And I didn't know that there were matching pillowcases ever because someone specially made the bedspread. So someone else made these pillowcases. And it's just great. And it just reminds me of things that you're not looking for in the world existing. So you're, I have several follow-up questions. Um, one, so this is the bedspread was a gift? Mm-hmm. Were you sort of, is it just that you were active in the selection of this gift and that's why you know how much it cost? Or? Yeah. Yeah, I found the bedspread that I asked for. <laughs> okay. Because I can... 
and I don't mean this as an insult, even though it's going to mm-hmm. sound insulting. I can mm-hmm. imagine you as a person who receives a gift and then is immediately like, hmm, what's, what, what, what are what this costs? Oh, and then chastises the person for not using a coupon? No, no, I don't think so. I think you probably, I think, well, you don't know if they used a coupon or not. Because mm-hmm. you just you just handed the thing. I, you're more, yeah. But so, d- do you want to see the bedspread? Yeah. Okay. I'll so, I'm we're on FaceTime, and mostly all I can see is dark on Nicole's side, um, and I'm seeing, and the red looks orange. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, like, here's the bedspread and the pillowcase next to each. Okay. You, you got you got that all squared away. I don't know. I lost the recording for a minute, so I don't know how long that was gone. Mm. Precious recording moments that will never get back. But Did I it pause? It, it paused it when the mic came out. How many minutes are you in? Thirty-nine. Okay. Yeah, me too. Good. Well. <laughs> so anyway, you know, I guess the moral for me is that. Sometimes you like you think things are never going to work out or you think like I don't know that the world is just chaos and then you have something like this happen and you're like oh my god I found matching pillowcases I didn't even know existed to a thing and it sort of reminds me I have like a couple of examples of this so one time I was studying abroad in Rome as I think I've told you before and um I was very young. I was 20, and it was a different time. Uh, it was a time of flip, flip, flip phones, and I didn't... I just spent a lot of time lost, like, all the time, and I didn't really understand how to use maps and had never had to use them before in my whole life, and now I'm very good with maps, but at the time, I, like, just never used one because every time I tried, it would go horribly wrong, and I would just end up in the wrong piazza, like... And it just, so I just pretty much wandered around and got lost a lot of the time. And I was supposed to meet my friend John in this one piazza. And he was coming to stay with me. I think he was studying abroad in England at the time, but he like had gone on this trip where he was going to um, Greece and then eventually was coming to Italy. And he was like a friend of a friend. I didn't actually even know him that well. He was just a very pleasant, goofy guy. So he asked if he could stay with me. And I was like, yeah, sure, of course you can stay with me. And he was just kind of a mess. And he did, I don't think he had a phone at all. So I was supposed to like meet him at this specific time in this specific place. Um, are you really bored? No, I don't know. Okay, so, and I'm riveted. I, I go to the piazza at like 4 p.m. on a Saturday when I'm supposed to meet John. Uh, he doesn't have a phone. My phone dies. And I'm like, well, I guess if he can't find me. Like, I don't know what we're going to do here. And there's just, it's Rome. So there's a million people around all the time. And I wait there for like an hour, maybe he doesn't come. And I'm like, well, shit, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I just start like walking away. And then I just run into him, like not in the same piazza at all, several piazzas over (laughs) just, and it was like, oh my God. Because I don't know how I was going to find him or he was going to find me. Um, and it was just like this amazing moment of being like, oh, there's John. And 
that same kind of thing has happened to me a couple times in life. And this, this pillowcase incident sort of falls into that same category of me of like, whenever I'm like, things aren't going to work out. It's like, Oh yeah, I found John that one time in Rome, Hmm. like not in the right place at the right time at all. So, so so, so the moral is sort of like, meh, maybe it'll work out. Mm -hmm. Uh, The moral is that I'm lucky, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's something we can all sort of learn from. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's really nice. Do you have a, do you have a story like that? Mm, no. Maybe I'm just not that lucky. Don't well, know. I have a lot of stories like that. Teaser for the Diamond episode. <laughs> wow, I can't wait for the Diamond episode. It's gonna be really. It's gonna be really something special. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like this, um, basically, uh, but slightly different. Some words switched around for other words, and. Uh, Oh, here's a question. Do you think your diamond is worth more or less than your vacuum? I thought you meant, like, has it gone up since I found it? And I was like, I don't know what's going on with the diamond market. Do you know what's going on with the diamond market? No, I definitely don't. I think don't. the diamond is worth about the same amount as the vacuum. About the same but as the vacuum. it seems like the diamond market is more stable, and the vacuum market is pretty volatile. <laughs> <laughs> I know you want to disagree with me, but you're not sure how. No, I just, you just, why, why should I take the time to disagree with something that you just made up based on nothing? <laughs> it's based on something, which is mm. pretty committed Antiques Roadshow viewership for the last year. Oh. And by viewership, I mean viewing, I guess, because I, I don't know if viewership actually made sense. I was doing that thing you talked mm, about. Yeah. And do they have, which do they have more of, diamonds or vacuums? You know, I haven't really seen either on there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) they'll show, okay, if they show an older episode, Mm -hmm. they'll show how much something is worth. So, for instance, like circus posters. Right. Okay. And then they'll show, like, the circus poster, and they'll be like, ding, 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 and it says, like, $10,000. In 2016. And then they'll go to now and be like, 2021. And then it's like, $6,000. So it's like, oh, that was worth significantly more. The circus poster market is going down or has gone down since then. Should have sold. And then you'll see the same kind of thing with jewelry or with furniture. And I feel like something like a vacuum, the market's just like, like, I don't know. But with diamonds, I feel like it's generally good, might go up. <laughs> but I put market, I put the vacuum in the same category as like the autographs, like those really go up and down. Mm. Um, mm. Sports memorabilia seems to just go up. Watches, as you know, are just like just climbing all the time. Watches only go up, it seems like. Uh, yeah, and vacuums are just in that kind of other world. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. Wow. This has been sort of Nicole's investment corner. Um, so we just, just uh, for legal purposes, um, this should not be considered financial advice. And you do, if you engage in sort of speculative vacuum cleaner purchasing, <laughs> you do so at your own risk. And... Uh, you know, uh, Godspeed.
would be a good time to cut to that commercial for my uh, financial services. Yes. <laughs> um, we'll, as soon as you get that a little bit, be- that ad put together a little better, um, we'll do so. It's mostly you just doing whooshing sound effects to describe <laughs> market forces and... <laughs> doesn't the whooshes don't really convey the sort of up and down volatility that you're trying to describe it is just an audio medium well Alden, like i kind of aspire to be what i would want in a financial planner which is like maybe i don't know the terminology maybe i haven't like done the research but i just feel it on this deep level <laughs> as the parent through the whooshes you know where it's like yeah i don't <laughs> does she have any training no, but like she gets it. <laughs> right, it's like, I, do I need to be a meteorologist to just walk outside and like maybe I just can sense the barometric pressure, you know? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, this has been uh, really a really a blast hanging out with you today, Nicole. Uh, thank you so much. For the financial advice, uh, the story of the pillowcases, um, that really long section about mission creep. <laughs> going to be cut or shortened for everyone's sake? No, I'm going to include it, I think, because I really like how you were sort of belligerent about it. And then you looked it up and was like, oh, yeah, he was completely right on every aspect of this. And well, it kind of makes me upset about my friend who only ever used it that one way which is the only way I've thus ever used it. Hmm. You should call up that friend to sort of confront them about it. Why is mission creep dangerous? How do you stop mission creep? You should maybe contact your parents and say, why did you let me say potato all these years? Oh, I know why that is. Oh, why is that? Because my mom says potato. (laughs) Okay, well. Because David said, do you notice your mom says potato? And I was like, she just says potato. And then he was like, oh, no. (laughs) Sorry, David. Yeah. Really rough. Yeah. I'm going to listen for that every time. And I'm going to love it every time. It's yeah. this is this is a good one, Nicole. I'm I'm I, I'm glad we went ahead and recorded, even though we only had a very vague plan about what we we're going to do. I think it worked out nicely. I got that subtle insult, and I don't have a way to get you back, unfortunately. Nope. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. You're the worst. Okay, Nicole. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye. Bye, buddy. <laughs>